Welcome to Butta Butta New Things with Boomy and Nana. I'm Boomy. And I'm Nana. And we're your co-hosts. On this podcast, we like to talk about current events, places to visit, and other random things. All the information used in this podcast was gathered from multiple sites, all of which will be linked in the description. Today, we'll be talking about New Akota, a fun historic site to visit. To start us off, we'll be reading an article called New Akota, Historic Site. The silence of the streets of the Cherokee city of New Akota is broken only by the occasional staccato laughter of children playing in the now empty capital that serves as a reminder to Georgia of the treachery of the United States government and our own dark history. So basically, this just means that New, Aco- New Akota is pretty much abandoned. Yeah, it's currently uninhabited, and it's really only has people there who are trying to learn about Georgia's history and really what life was like before the Cherokees were forced out of their land. Yeah, and the reason it's our own dark history is because they forced them out of their land that was rightfully theirs. We found that we wanted to push them out of their land just so we could use it. Um, Some of these reasons include the gold rush, um, the want for more and more land. And yeah, that's pretty much why they kicked them out. Okay, so at New Echota rested the hopes. Coda? At New <laughs> At New Echota rested the hopes of the sovereign Cherokee Nation. Here the Cherokee first met in council in eighteen nineteen and established a capital in eighteen twenty five, choosing to fight to remain on their land. They fought not with guns, but with the white man's printed page, laws, and courts. At the museum, the visitor can glimpse the culture of the Cherokee before they move west on the Trail of Tears. So pretty much what this is saying is that the Cherokees didn't fight with violence for their land. They fought through court cases such as Worcester versus Georgia. Um, And now people can go back and see what went on and so some background information on the Cherokee is that they modeled their government based off of the U.S.'s which was kind of different because their ancestor actually ancestors actually used chiefdoms and although they did abandon the idea of chiefdom they didn't completely um, forget about their culture as they still held on to the concept of chiefs but just in a different way, a more democratic way, more like modern. Okay. During its short history, New Dakota was the site of the first Indian language newspaper office, a court case which carried to the Supreme Court one of the earliest experiments in the national self-government by an Indian tribe, the signing of a treaty which relinquished Cherokee claims to land east of the Mississippi River and Assembly of Nations for removal west for the instruments Trail of Tears. Okay, so... I will be reading from the same site that Nana was just reading from, which is the Georgia State Parks and Historic Sites. So, New Dakota is one of the most significant Cherokee Indian sites in the nation and was where the tragic Trail of Tears officially began. <laughs> so, <laughs> it started in 1838 
and it was because of Andrew Jackson's removal of the, uh, it was Andrew Jackson's Indian removal policy. And basically what happened was, as we said earlier, it began in New Dakota and it ended in Oklahoma. So they started walking from New Dakota and they finished their walk in Oklahoma. And it was about a thousand miles. So you can just imagine walking one mile, let alone one times a thousand. <laughs> and it was so long and it was terrible. So many people died because of the cold. The harsh weather. The, yeah, the harsh weather. There was cold. There was rain. And all they had was the clothes on their backs. Nothing more, nothing less. And so you can expect walking so far with so little, many would die. It actually totaled up to around 4,000, which is a fourth of the people who had to take this trail, which is terrible. Reasons of death were cold, hunger, disease. It was a terrible thing. And that is why it's called the Trail of Tears, because as remembering it, it's just so sad. And it's so terrible to think that this is what the U.S. did to people who rightfully owned the land. And some people may be thinking, why couldn't they take more than the clothes on their backs? Like, why didn't they take some of the things they had in their house? And the reason was that they didn't know how long they were going to be walking. Yeah. Like, and they we didn't know, have time to pack up. Yeah, they just go. told them to get up and leave. And now we know that it was 1,000 miles, but it could have been 2,000 or even 3,000. So just imagine walking that long with so much on your back. You can't. It's just Yeah, and you much. also don't really know where you're going you're not used to these lands. You're just used to, you know, where you grew up and you're being forced out of your land. Especially thinking about how America is on the, like, so focused on thought of, you know, freedom, liberation, you know. It's just knowing that Georgia or America in general did something like that is yeah. just very yeah, it's, cold. Yeah, it's sad to think about, you know, burr. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but very burr. <laughs> kind of like how the weather was when they were walking yep. the Trail of Tears. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the long pause. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. So. Today, visitors can see 12 original and reconstructed buildings included the council house, courthouse, print shop, missionary Samuel, Worcester's home, also the guy who, you know, Worcester versus Georgia, (laughs) and the 1805 store, as well as outbuildings such as smokehouses, corn cribs, and barns. So, more about the some of the main places you can visit. One of them is the council house, which was... Um, it New- served as New, New Dakota's meeting place for government officials, and they would generally convene in October for their annual legislative meetings. Yes, also the executive branch used the council quarters as its meeting place as well, and bills and laws, they were passed in this very place. Um, like the 
executive branch of the United States. The chief could sign the bill into a law or veto it. And if he chose to veto a bill, it could still be overridden by the council. Which consisted of 40 members. The council, okay. that is. <laughs> and so next, the Supreme Courthouse. Um, the Constitution of 1827... The 1827 <laughs> Constitution of um, New Dakota set up a judicial branch with eight lower districts courts. Which was kind of... The districts were kind of like states, in a yeah. sense. And so they had those courts, as well as the Supreme Court, kind of like the U.S. again. So, like, the U.S. has 50 states. They had eight lower district courts. So Yeah, and, you know, the states have courts. And then there was still a Supreme Court, which was, you know, the one that can override all the others. And that's kind of how the um, Cherokee set it up as well. And so... And their Supreme Court was headquartered in New Dakota. Yes. And it appealed cases would be heard by a panel of compromised of three judges. That's kind of different from the U.S. as we have nine, and they had three. Okay, so... But they were smaller, so, you know... Yeah, there was a lot less people, so... Okay, next up, we have the print shop. It was home to the Cherokee Cherokee Phoenix. Phoenix. And it was the first newspaper published by the Native Americans in the United States, and the first newspaper to be printed in the Cherokee language. Which was created by Sequoia. You yeah. know, shout out. His syllabary. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was printed initially in English and then translated into Cherokee language using the syllabary. Okay, so pretty much it had two languages. So, you so know, that both could read. Mm-hmm. Because some people didn't know the Cherokee language and some didn't know English. And what's crazy is that they were told that they had to, you know, um, get accustomed to the customs that the United States had. So that's why they they made a language. But what's crazy is that they still, even them following orders and everything, they were still forced out. Exactly. Okay, so next we have the farmstead. So it's not like settled down. Okay. (laughs) In an effort to avoid forceful removal, the Cherokees modeled their society after an average American community, just like, like we said, <laughs> including their government structure and home. So it's not just the syllabary or the way their government was, it mm-hmm. was also their houses. And yeah, they were just completely modeling their society because they, they, thought, they thought that if they became more like Americans, they wouldn't be forced out because... If you really looked at the two societies, you wouldn't be able to tell one from another. And so they thought if they were to, you know, change and do that, then they wouldn't be kicked out. But contrary to their belief, they they were were kicked out. Exactly. The town of New Dakota consisted of approximately four dozen buildings, which is actually pretty small once you actually think about it. Um, common dwellings were equipped with corn cribs and smokehouses. As we actually said earlier, um, middle-class farmsteads were about twice the size as the common dwellings and resembled farmsteads of many English settlers in frontier Georgia. So that just goes to show they were very like the English settlers. Okay, so... So some of the the facilities... so... Well, when you visit New Dakota, um, in the visitor center, guests can purchase souvenirs, books, music, plus view 
interpretive exhibits, and a 17-minute film. Nature trails lead visitors to the new town creek and a small beaver pond. Uh, actually, funny thing is, New Dakota was not always known as New Dakota, and it was actually formerly known as Newtown. Nope. Um, not Newton, New Town, so N-E-W-T-O-W-N. And that's, I think, what it's referring to as <clears throat> Newtown Creek. Okay. So some of the facilities that you can visit there, they have a visitor center and film, so that's like what Nano was talking about earlier. <clears throat> and they have reconstructed buildings. Which was like the council house, supreme court, print shop, farmsteads. And they have Kusawat. River boat ramps. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so some things to do and see while you're there include um, there's the movie, as we said, and then there's fishing, there's self guided tours, and there's nature trails, which um, is really fun and you can see the environment and you that know, they the, lived in. Exactly. Maybe a little modernized, but it's. It, much. it can give you the basic yeah. idea of what life was like for them. Okay, so if you ever want to go to the New Echota site, um, they open on Tuesdays, Saturday, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Sundays. Tuesdays through Saturdays. Tuesdays through Saturdays, my bad. From 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. They open on Sundays from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. And... December through March, they're closed on Sundays. So pretty much all of winter, a little bit, they're closed <laughs> yeah. on Sundays. Yeah, and some um, holidays in which they are closed. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Okay, so to get in, it does cost something because they need to have money to, you know, revamp and, you know, provide some things. So the cost for adults, which is someone who is 18 to 61, is $7.00. For seniors, which is age 62 and up, is $6.50. And youth, which is ages 6 to 17, is five fifty. Group rates and tours available with advance notice. Okay, so their phone number and the address will all be in the description in case you want to go there, which yeah. you should, because yes. it's a very interesting place to learn about Georgia's history and Cherokee's history. And New Echota. New Echota. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that was New, New Things, things with, with Boomy and Nana. I hope you enjoy and continue listening. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye.